Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Our nation was created by men of moral courage and honor who sought to protect and preserve the natural law rights of the individual. Their view of government contrasted sharply with the prevailing European model in which everything was owned and controlled by the very few. Our founders had just fought and won a revolutionary war to break away from the oppressive feudal system of the old world. Protected by an ocean that required days to cross, they seized the opportunity to form a new order, a new model for the new world, based on the rule of law that enshrined the concept of the sovereign man. Our Constitution is a contract by which the sovereign citizens of 13 sovereign states united to form a very limited central government that was not at all a party to the contract, but a creation of its partners. It was a government to be based on the rule of law, not the rule of man. The rule of man is variable and unreliable, based on greed, a lust for power, and imperfection. The Constitution and the protections it guarantees were derived from the divine character of natural law, the basic rights that create individual freedom. It is for this very reason that men and women who serve and have served our nation have sworn an oath. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God. I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States, not the government of the United States or a particular government official, but I swear to support the governing law of our country regardless of its misinterpretation or abuse against all enemies, foreign and domestic, acknowledging that threats to the constitutional law that protects our sovereignty can be external and internal. Today, our nation is divided along ideological lines that are defined by that oath, and the chasm is wide, deep, and cannot be bridged. If you accept the Constitution in its entirety with its philosophy of natural law and individual sovereignty, 
There can be no compromise with those who would use collective socialist ideology to steal our freedom. Those of us alive today who have taken that oath certainly do understand. The cornerstone of our freedom rests on our ability as individuals to possess the tools to protect ourselves from personal harm and to resist unlawful attempts to destroy the rule of law. The Second Amendment secures that right to us, and as expected, it is the one right most feared by those who would enslave us. Any honest student of history will acknowledge that the right to keep and bear arms protected by the Second Amendment is what guarantees the other nine amendments in the Bill of Rights and the Constitution itself. History has clearly demonstrated that universal gun registration leads to selective gun confiscation, which leads to the slaughter of targeted innocents who are unable to protect themselves from an armed totalitarian government. Several years ago, I read a book that prepared me mentally for the struggle in which we are now engaged. That book is entitled Enemies, Foreign and Domestic by best-selling author Matthew Bracken. It is the first book in a trilogy, Enemies, Foreign and Domestic, Domestic Enemies, and Foreign Enemies and Traitors. Several years ago, best-selling author Matt Bracken was a guest on Freedom Forum Radio, and I welcome him back again to reflect on the past, evaluate the present, and discuss his view on where we're headed as a nation. Matt Bracken, welcome to Freedom Forum Radio. Thanks for having me on. Matt, it's great to have you back, and let's start off with a simple question. When you wrote Enemies Foreign and Domestic, what were you thinking? I was thinking that this was that the our world was trending in the direction that we've seen. I mean, I I had been following the the increased militarization of police and especially federal law enforcement with a lot of trepidation, and I had had kind of a um, a unique perch for a short period of time at the very beginning when SEAL Team Six was being founded. It was co-located across the fence from SEAL Team 2 for a while. And I was an observer of a, of a, a um, sort of a, a syndrome where people are given an unlimited black budget or extremely high and almost unaccountable black budget. They're going to abuse it. They're going to abuse it for personal gain and for other reasons. It's just too tempting to be told, you know, you're a Jedi Knight, a secret squirrel. You get a credit card that you'll never have to pay and nobody will ever ask you about. It was taken advantage of, and it got me thinking, what's going to happen with these other, you know, secret internal paramilitary forces that we're developing? How susceptible are they going to be to um, be mis- misused? And I came up with the idea for the novel uh, to sort of explore the Second Amendment and constitutional themes but with a, a small paramilitary unit acting in its own behalf to instigate you know, a situation where their budget, their, their personnel requirements would, would uh, take off you know, logarithmically once they instigated a civilian response, you know, a citizen response, so that they could you know, target gun owners primarily, knowing that this would lead to 
virtually a civil war, and that that department of the government would need more manpower, higher budgets, promotions all around. And that, that was the that was sort of the background. And I, I used a stadium massacre on the first page to sort of um, jumpstart the plot, rather than spending you know uh, describing ten or twenty years like some novels have done. I wanted to. Uh, just have the have uh, Congress and the President agree that semi-automatic rifles should be banned after such a you know a horrific event as uh, you know a massacre in a stadium. Um, this would cause the gun owners in the country to suspect a black operation, and it would cause the gun haters to want to wipe out the gun nuts. So I, I just used the stadium massacre to sort of speed the plot right into full speed instead of you know, slowly coming up from, uh, you know, years and years of incremental gun control legislation. You know, one fell swoop, semi-automatic rifles are banned. We have to take a quick break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More right after this. You know, that is a very effective technique because that grabs you immediately. At the beginning of this book, within a page and a half, you know that you're in for a good ride. And interestingly enough, uh, our friend, of course, Bill Forston, used the same technique in one second after. You knew in the first page and a half something really dramatic has just happened. It changes everything. It absolutely changes everything, and that's when the ride begins. What's interesting in what you've talked about here is that you've envisioned this kind of extra government force that is set in motion, a, a black ops group. Uh, that really is the basis. Domestic black ops. That's true. And and isn't that what uh, the government would just love to have? Well, I think that they have it. If they, if they don't have it, they're working on it. Um, last week we saw a political opponent assassinated in Moscow, and it's, it's instructive to um, think about how assassinations work today. Um, they finally raised the ante to the point of, having a multi-vehicle uh, attack against a pedestrian on a sidewalk, you know, just across the street from the Kremlin, where there's a camera literally on every lamppost. So this was a, a, an, an, um, a virtually announced state hit. You know, it's not credible that it wasn't photographed from 100 cameras. Um, previously, they've poisoned reporters outside of the country. In London, they've... Um, shot reporters with, you know, in, in staged robberies. But sometimes assassinations occur that have to be more deniable. Uh, I think of Michael Hastings, the Rolling Stone reporter, who's a v- brand-new, late-model, wireless-connected uh, Mercedes coupe suddenly sped up to 100, over 100 miles an hour, went out of control, slammed, burned, and, you know, came to pieces. Uh, then I read in Cheryl Atkinson's book about programs where they can hijack cars and control the gas pedal and the accelerator from remote, you know, remotely. I don't care what you're doing with the steering wheel. If you've got no brakes and you're going 130 miles an hour in a suburban street, it's going to have a bad outcome. Um, I think that we could be seeing a transition into that. Now, I'm not saying that there's a back room at the Oval Office where... There's some you know, Democrat G. Gordon Liddy 
conspiring, you know, making up a list of who to shoot or poison or have a heart attack, etc. But the word goes out. It's sort of like Thomas A. Beckett in those days. You know, who will rid, rid me of this meddlesome priest? You don't have to tell this knight to go and slay a priest. All you have to do is hint loudly enough about how much you'd like it if somebody, you know, came to a bad outcome. Somebody's causing us a lot of trouble. You know, there are lieutenants downstream that take that as a suggestion. And the, the way that they often do it today is to um, use the Bureau of Prisons as a cutout for assassins where they can get word unattributed, of course, nothing's written down, no emails, no letters, word of mouth, mouth to ear, to where a, a shot caller in prison will be instructed that if something bad happens to somebody on the outside, his conditions in prison will improve. It's very easy to do. It's, it's unprovable, it's untraceable. Anyway, I think that we're on the cusp of turning into that. And I'm, I'm saying this hoping that anybody who is a federal employee listening to this at some point in the future might give very careful consideration to the kinds of secret orders that they're given at this point in history, because history is going to judge us by how we do hold to that oath to defend the Constitution and hold out against illegal orders, like the kinds that I've been describing, hypothetical illegal orders. And, and I have no doubt we're getting close to it. I read about the... Uh, BFW post in Texas that was raided. You know, a bunch of geezers had their smartphones and tablets and cell phones all taken and downloaded by the feds who rousted them, shook them around. It was some kind of a, you know, it's sort of like a half-baked uh, Don Quixote version of let's take Texas back to being a republic. Well, they went in there with the jackboot uh, tactics against a bunch of old guys and gals. And that same type of unit that's willing to do that, whatever FBI agents accompanied that raid, shame on them. Shame on them. I mean, we've got virtual Taliban training camps in this country and mosques and elsewhere. They don't even dare say the word Islamic. But they're seeing such a threat in this so-called sovereign citizen movement that they're looking for targets so actively that they've come down to uh, smashing their way into VFW halls because of a bunch of guys that would like Texas to be a republic, again, independent of the United States government, as if they're about to uh, you know, start blowing up, I don't know what, a bunch of guys, anyway, in a VFW of all places. Anyway, it, it's very easy to see when you strain and filter the most violent, extreme, loose cannons in these type of groups, the way that I did in my first novel with what the what I call the special training unit, that's the secret black ops unit of the ATF in my first novel, there's like a distillation process, a filtering process. There's always a, a couple guys that are willing to take it one step more. When you find the guys that are willing to kick in the VFW hall and take everybody's you know, wireless devices and push everybody around and handcuff them, etc., a bunch of American citizens, you'll find two or three of those guys are willing to go to the next step and do some false flag arsons, things like that. And that's I, I think that's where we're going, because in one place where I do agree with Mark Levin, we are living in post-constitutional America. There's no doubt about that. 
Well, there's no question that in your book, your unit, the unit that does the, the bad, the black ops, the bad D's, is exactly that kind of unit. It's a lower level unit responsible to no one but itself. It's detached. It's sort of like the director says, well, don't tell me what's going on, but here's your money. Go ahead and do it. Correct. Yeah, and our, our founding fathers were really brilliant. Um, the whole idea that they warned us equal, on an equal basis about domestic enemies as well as foreign enemies. They understand that the tendency of mankind is to trend towards kings and warlords and mafia. That's the human nature. It, it's, it always works that way. And they, they designed the Constitution, gave us the Second Amendment to prevent that. You know, I'm writing something uh, right now comparing New Zealand to Switzerland. And something that's not really thought about with a Swiss model, everybody's familiar with their uh, you know, rifle training, uh, reserve ownership of machine guns, things like that, at, at home. People always remember, yeah, Switzerland, it has not been successfully invaded in hundreds and hundreds of years. And that's very true. But Switzerland has also never had a, a tyrant in hundreds and hundreds of years. And armed citizenry keeps the government honest when nothing else will. That's, of course, true, and that was the basis of the Second Amendment. If you read any of the writings of our founding fathers, when they wrote the Second Amendment, that was exactly what they had in mind. Jefferson and right. Madison, they understood that if the citizenry is armed then you have a chance of preventing a tyrant from taking over. The shot heard around the world in Lexington was caused by the fact that King George sent his soldiers to confiscate the weapons of the patriots, of the colonists. That's what caused yeah, that the, whole confrontation. A, a lesson of history is that uh, the people have to have the weapons themselves. They can't be kept in armories. If they're kept in armories, it might as well be under the direct control of the central government. Absolutely. You know, in the um, the Norwegian, uh, the invasion by the Nazis of Norway in 1940, the Norwegians actually had a very uh, well, pretty well trained home guard, you know, defense reserve units, but their weapons were kept in central depositories, and the Germans seized them where they could right off the bat. So the you know a Norwegian home guard unit with no weapons was effectively no unit at all, and the Swiss model is that after you do your active duty military service, you take a state-of-the-art uh, uh, select-fire machine gun home. And, uh, you know, the old guys, the, the grandfathers, they might still have their issued bolt-action rifle or, or your older SLR-type rifle, um, but everybody's got one at home. And it, I can't see a Swiss tyrant or in a Swiss, an invader of Switzerland being successful in this country, it's it's probably has just as good of a of an armed deterrent as the Swiss, even though we don't have fully automatic. Doesn't really matter, but we've done the same the same thing ourselves on a voluntary basis. But it's the constitutional conservatives that are primarily the ones that are armed, the statists, you know, the people that would that think that only uh, government agents and military and police should have weapons, you know, like in Nazi Germany. They, those are the ones that don't have guns, but they're the ones that would you know, certainly support the government disarming us by force, if they could. But the problem for them is they can't. So it's the, it's the question of who will bell the cat. You know, it's all well and good to talk about how 
they could, you know, force nirvana and utopia on us if they could only disarm us. But they can't disarm us. And that's why they're trying every trick that they can, including schemes like Operation Fast and Furious, uh, just to discredit gun ownership in America. Going way back, Obama and Holder, they just they hate the fact that Americans have access to weapons. It's a it's a huge roadblock to their plan. That's all our time this week for Freedom Forum Radio. More with Matt Bracken next week. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. I get joy in everything. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Peace.